I want to write a story where kids can discover that they can just come to school, whether it's kindergarten, whether it's second grade, and they just get to be themselves. Hey everyone, I'm Louisa LeFleur from the Children's Book Review, and this is the Growing Readers Podcast. In this episode, I talk with Bianca Schultz, the author of Don't Wake the Dragon and Who Loves the Dragon, as well as the founder and editor of the Children's Book Review, a resource devoted to children's literature and literacy. Bianca is also the best-selling author of 101 Books to Read Before You Grow Up. She's a reader, reviewer, mother, and children's book lover. Born and raised in Sydney, Australia, Bianca now lives with her husband and three children near Boulder, Colorado. Before we dive in, here's the book synopsis. In the third book of this delightfully fun series, Dragon is nervous about her first day of school. She'll need readers' help to soothe her anxieties and ease her nerves. Our beloved main character, Dragon, is leaving the castle to attend her very first day of school. She's excited about everything it has to offer. Story time with the fortune teller, learning to count while juggling, exercising with the knights, and best of all, being with her friends. But when the day finally arrives, Dragon is overwhelmed and scared. She's got a bad case of first aid jitters, and something goes wrong during all of her morning activities. She can't wait to have a break at lunch, until suddenly, Dragon is left all alone and must summon the courage to make all new friends on her own. Can you help Dragon overcome her fears and have the best first day of school ever? Brought to life with colorful and humorous illustrations throughout, this read-aloud picture book encourages kids to interact with the text on every page. Young readers will love following along with the seamlessly incorporated directions during this relatable story that will cure any young reader's first day of school fears. Hey, Bianca. It's great to be able to interview you for the Growing Readers podcast. This is a bit of a turn. You're usually one doing the interviews, but this time I have the pleasure of asking you a few questions about your latest book, Just Be Yourself, Dragon. It's been a real joy to read. Thanks, Louisa. This is so fun to be on the other side. I'm I'm honored for uh, you to be interviewing me. (laughs) It's an honor for me too. (laughs) Um, So let's get into it. Um, So my first question is, Dragon is such a multifaceted character, which is usually not the case for dragons in picture books or fairy tales. More often than not, dragons are depicted as scary creatures that are to be vanquished or tamed. But that's not the case here, where dragon's a sweet, playful character that has the same fears and apprehensions as many of us do. Can you tell us why you chose a dragon as your main character and what or who inspired the creation of the dragon? Yeah, that's a really fun question, actually. So, The first book in the Dragon series was Don't Wake the Dragon, and uh, I was on an airplane with my family. It was a five-hour flight, and we were returning home from a vacation, and my youngest at the time was one and a half, and he he had just not been well the entire vacation, uh, which was such a bummer, and we hop on this airplane knowing that it's probably going to be a little bit of a miserable flight. Uh, He was crying. Everybody was rubbernecking, looking at us. And uh, he finally fell asleep, uh, which is exactly what he needed to do. And my husband said to our other two kids, whatever you do, don't wake the dragon. Uh, 
<laughs> and of course I chuckled at that. And I'm laying, or not laying, I'm sitting on the chair. He's laying on my lap. And I kept thinking about, don't wake the dragon, don't wake the dragon. And by the time we got off the airplane, don't wake the dragon was a fully formed picture book in my mind. And uh, and yeah, so that's kind of how it was a dragon. It's because of what my husband said. And in honesty, it really couldn't have been any other creature or animal for me. Uh, I just think, I, like you said, you know, dragon is multifaceted. And I think when we think of dragons, we often think of them as breathing fire and and sort of maybe being a bit uptight. But but really, this dragon is that I think that's what creates the curiosity and and the draw to readers is because, you know, we discover that you know maybe dragons just like us, multi layered and and can be cool and calm and collected, can have fears as we find out in other books like Just Be Yourself, Dragon, and but we're always maybe a little bit curious as to whether dragon is going to become fiery like we know a lot of dragons to be. So I think that kind of builds the. A, a little bit of the excitement around dragon because you never quite know what you're going to get. I completely agree. I think that um, the reason dragon is so relatable and so, so much fun to read and interact with is because um, dragon feels just like a kid <laughs> feels just like a regular kid, not, you know, you know, he's, I think, I think she's got her moments where she might want to breathe fire or uh, cause a little trouble, but then, you know, she's also scared and she gets worried and that's like, you know, all kids. So I think that's why um, Dragon's such a great character. Uh, so in this book, Dragon's heading off for her first day of school, which can be stressful for young children at any time, but particularly after the year that we've had. Um, was there a particular moment that inspired the story? And is there a reason why you wanted to alleviate the stress of the first day of school or shed light? Yeah. about the stress of the first day of school? You know, it's like, this is such a great question because there's actually lots of answers to it. So, <laughs> you know, um, I really, I'm, I was so happy to have written Don't Wake the Dragon. And my goal was for a dragon to always star in, in more picture books. And I'm just, I'm so grateful that my publisher feels the same way. And so they wanted more dragon books. Um, I can't remember exactly how it went down, but uh, I feel like they maybe asked me if I would write a holiday, like a Christmas, a Christmas book that would star in Dragon. But I, it was almost like they had a sixth sense because I feel like a few days prior to that, my nine-year-old, uh, who was in third grade, she's getting ready to go into fourth grade now, she had said to me that she felt like Dragon should be in a back-to-school story. And once she had said that, I was like, she's 100% right. I think, yes. I think Dragon would be such a great character for a, for a back to school story. And I hadn't started, um, you know, formulating a story yet. And then my publisher had emailed me and said, they want another Dragon book. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was the sort of Christmas book they proposed. And I responded and said, I'm happy to do a Christmas book, but what do you think about this? And uh, I sort of pitched the back to school idea with, you know, a, you know, a couple of thoughts I had uh, and they totally agreed. Uh, so that's kind of how Just Be Yourself Dragon came about. But then for actually creating the story, uh, I was writing it while all of my three children were remote learning at home. 
and my youngest had just started kindergarten and he's yeah he's the youngest of three kids uh he has been walking to and from school uh almost every day of his life since he was born because his old his older sister is actually going into 10th grade so so school is something he's known and he was so excited to go but then of course his first year to start was you know, COVID, (laughs) COVID year. And so he needed to start with remote learning and he was super excited. But as I said, I have three kids and we set everybody up with different stations in their own spaces. And occasionally I would need to sort of leave my kindergartner's side. And I came back one time and this was a kid that was so excited to go to school. I came back and I found him under the table crying. It broke my heart. I was like, this is a kid that was so excited to go. Uh, So I needed to stay and sort of sit, sit with him. So I was working from my laptop, working on the children's book review, just side by side, just there as his sort of companion. But in doing so, I got to actually feel like I was part of his kindergarten classroom. (laughs) And it was the best thing for writing this story because his uh, kindergarten, uh, his kindergarten teacher had this repetitive phrase. And to be honest, I can't even remember word for word what her phrase was, but it was along the lines of in, in kindergarten, we just try our best. You know, it it, it doesn't matter if you make mistakes because we're learning and we just try our best. And she would have this repetitive phrase. And I just, I thought, what does that mean to me? And it ultimately meant that you get to just come to that class and you come to that space and you come to that learning segment wherever you're at. And in kindergarten, that can be so widely different for every child because you have kids that rock up to kindergarten already being able to read, you know, and then you have some that are still struggling with a little bit of their letters. It's such a diverse group. And then everybody has their different backgrounds too. And I just was like, I want to write a story where kids can discover that they can just come to school whether it's kindergarten, whether it's second grade, and they just get to be themselves. Uh, So for me, it all came about from, you know, my daughter having that idea of a back to school, I, you know, back to school story, and then actually sort of feeling like I was in my son's kindergarten class and watching all of the kids, you know, with their ups and downs during the day. And it it just came about like that. I love that you um, were able to pull something creative out of um, what has been such a difficult year for so many um, of us. And I love that you got to share that moment and you can see the beauty in that. I think there's, that's really special. Um, And I'm really happy that the book came out of that experience. I'm really glad you said that, Louisa. Thank (laughs) you. I just, you know, it's funny because I'm sure a lot of people feel this way where they look back and it, it felt like kind of a really hard year. And I feel really lucky that I actually wrote two picture books during COVID, uh, one which came out in February, which was um, Who Loves the Dragon? And again, I'm not sure that I could have written that exact story if it wasn't for what was going on, where everybody felt separated. And and in that story, Dragon is missing all of her friends. And, um, you know, what can we do to cheer each other up and also like give love to ourselves? And so I don't know why, but I, you know, I feel I feel really lucky that somehow I managed to be creative during during COVID. Somehow I managed to tap into that. And I don't know how, because if you just asked me on a blanket day, I would be like, oh yeah, that was such a hard year. Nothing came of that. But if I really stop and look, I'm like, a lot came of that for me. 
I don't know if grateful is the right word for the experience, but I do feel like sometimes through adversity, you know, good maybe, things can come at the other sure. side. And, and maybe it's just um, thankful for the results. Yes. Right. And, and whatever, you know, everyone has a different lived experience, but I think um, if we can look back on it and be happy about even the, the smallest thing, yeah. it, ch- it changes your perception of the events. And so um, the fact that you created something that we can all share in, um, I think is really special. I really enjoyed how you were able to take dragons, natural abilities, such as breathing fire and turn them into something not scary and also quite useful. It's a great way to get the message of just be yourself across without giving too much away. Can you tell us more about how you engineered this plot device? What was your thought process in getting to this point in the story? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure you're referencing a grilled cheese sandwich. Am yes. I right? Yes. And um and and without giving too much away though, Bianca. Yeah, I know, right? We don't want any plot spoilers here for, for this book. Uh yes, so so there um so my editor for Just Be Yourself Dragon was um Brett Wright. And um I just loved working with him and the first draft of just be yourself dragon was fine. Um, but I loved how he described what it needed. He said it, you know, your story needs another road bump. It needs another road bump to sort of keep everybody excited. Uh, and so I was like, I just, I don't know what this next road bump needs to be. And in the conversation with my sister, she, um, I don't even know where she pulled this out. She's a school teacher. So she is around children all of the time. Um, but she said something random. She's like, I don't know how you would make this work, but what if dragon like breathes on a grilled cheese sandwich and burns it? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, actually, that's kind of funny. And knowing how Samara Hardy does the illustrations, I was like, she could totally pull something like this off so I you know I can't claim full credit for 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 this um I guess I can claim credit for how I built it into the story <laughs> but my my sister came up with this genius idea of 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 um there being sort of a mishap in the lunchroom you know the book is sort of it's more geared towards kids I guess ages three through seven and um you know, I think it's important for for kids to know that everybody makes mistakes and sometimes mistakes can actually turn out to be a good thing, whether it's just because we learn a good lesson or, you know, maybe it's, it's just a beautiful oops, like, oh, like, oops, I really didn't mean to do this, but actually I'm glad I did because now this oops is something magical and everybody wants a piece of this action. So (laughs) I, I just, I, you know, I feel like using dragons fire as, you know, maybe some people might see that as a negative trait, but often, you know, our traits can be both negative and positive. And yeah. So turning that negative into a positive, I think was just a natural, a natural move. And it's all about perspective, right? Yes. Right. Cause you know, fire can be scary, but it can also be warming and provide food, you know, provide cooked meals and, you know, absolutely. Um, who doesn't love s'mores on a cool winter's night? Oh so, you gosh. know, kind oh my of gosh. Like- I mean, maybe, maybe dragon needs a camping story because <gasps> I'm obsessed with s'mores. I think dragon <laughs> needs to make me some s'mores. <laughs> there you go. We can add that into the next one. Yeah. <laughs> And it was, uh, you know, it came about on this, this conversation, which is great. Yep. 
So I love the, the illustrations. They're very playful and they bring the words to life and convey the nuances of Dragon's emotions, like his like her quirky eye movements or the silly smiles. Um, they really bring the message home. So I was wondering if you could tell us um, what has it been like working with Samara Hardy over the course of the three books? Yeah, oh my gosh. So I have never met Samara. Uh, we have never spoken on the phone. I have sent her an email um, in which I thanked her for what an amazing job she does and, and how grateful I am that her artwork is paired with my words. But beyond that, everything for most picture books, uh, it goes only through the editor. So the editor will um, select the illustrator. If you're lucky like I am, I got to have some level of say in in how I sort of perceived the artwork should, should look. Um, and my editor and I, which uh, for Don't Wait the Dragon was Rebecca Fraser. And she um, presented me with a list of illustrators and... Uh, she said, just tell me who your top two are in this list. And I actually picked four of them. And um, I was, I would have been happy actually with any of the 10. <laughs> um, and I just, she, she just did a great job with, with the illustrators she had picked. And I was really thankful that some, um, Samara, who was one of my top four from that list, uh, agreed and said yes, that she wanted to, um, that she wanted to illustrate the dragon books. And so moving forward from that, with your first manuscript, when when you're an unpublished uh, picture book author, you're actually, they actually, the editors and agents, they prefer for you not to include any illustration notes. They want it just to be the text. And that allows the editor to sort of envision the artwork herself and, and, and or himself. And you so, so you really don't get a say right up front. And so it wasn't until Rebecca presented me with this um, opportunity to be part of selecting the illustrator that I had, you know, any say in it whatsoever. Um, it was also part of me to choosing to work with Rebecca is that we talked about what the illustration style would be like. And since we were both on the page, that's why we moved forward with the project together. And it's through Clever Publishing. So, so then with my future books beyond that, the editors have been so nice and have actually asked me to include my illustration notes. And with Don't Wake the Dragon too, once Samara had created that first round of illustrations, they really invited me in to participate in what I thought of the illustrations. Um, and to be honest, I mean, I really like Samara just nailed it with that first round. Um, and so then with uh, Who Loves the Dragon and Just Be Yourself Dragon, I was able to work some illustration notes in, in with the text at my editor's request. Um, and, you know, I only put really limited notes in because I'm not an artist. And I can already tell from that first book that Samara knows, she she knows this dragon. So she knows what to bring. So, you know, while I put in these notes, it's really Samara who has bought all of that extra life and that extra energy. And I'm just really, really grateful for the, for the fact that she said yes to that first dragon book um, to, to create the artwork. But like you said, she brings like the facial expressions to dragon and to all the characters, they just really, they just really emote so well in, in a way that, that kids can fully understand what's going on and, and what, what dragon is feeling throughout. So 
I completely agree with you. Um, like, thank you for that insight into how the how a picture book comes about. I had no idea that it's it's kind of an incredibly collaborative process, but also a very individual process yeah. in a way. It's it's really fascinating. Um, yeah, it really is, and I feel like a lot of people like if you're in the industry, it's it's a known it's a known thing that you really they keep the, the authors and the illustrators separate. There are really unique stories um, of of authors and illustrators working together, but they're usually you know um, creators that have maybe already created multiple books together um like Shannon Hale and Lewin Pham have a great series The Princess in Black they've done um they've done another middle grade graphic novel series together and so they just did a picture book together um that's called Itty Bitty Kitty Con in fact I interviewed them for this podcast and they're amazing and they were like their their story was completely collaborative um which is just that's just a completely rare exception to the picture book world um yeah, so most of us we are very we're very separate to the illustrator, and and you usually just put a lot of faith and trust, and um, you know it's I feel like it's it's something important too. For if they happen to be a, a a new picture book author listening right now too, is you know you might not necessarily want to sign on with the first editor that you you that says yes to publishing your 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 manuscript into a picture book because. You, they may just have an, a totally different idea of what your story should look like. And, um, you know, I think it's really, it's really nice to find someone who's willing to collaborate more. Yeah. I, I think it's, um, it's, it's really eye opening for me because I had no idea that uh, the process was, was kind of like this, where you kind of have to give up control, right. A little bit anyway, of your manuscript to the editor and the publishing house um, and hope for, hope for the end result to be how you envision it. Yeah. I feel like if you do your homework too, like leading up to it, you, you know, when it's a good fit, right? So, yeah. yeah. And it has to be a good fit for everyone. And, you know, the editor yeah. needs to, you know, feel comfortable that the author is going to be able to take some feedback too. So it's, it's, you know, it just needs to be an amazing collaborative process really. Right. So you mentioned that um, the publisher had come back to you with some ideas for another installment in this series. Um, but I was wondering if you could share with us, if you have any ideas for future dragon books. Yes. Well, actually I feel like I, I just, I said a non-truth before I said, I wrote two stories during COVID. I actually wrote three. I don't even know why that, that <laughs> I, 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 why I spaced on that, but yes, I actually wrote another dragon story, which is tell the truth dragon. And uh, this one was, again, my um, publisher came to me and said, we want a story about telling the truth. And we think Dragon would be a great character for that story, to which I said I could 100 um, percent, I could 100 percent write that story because any I think anyone who has kids knows that while they're when they're learning to sort of navigate through life, sometimes they make mistakes and they don't always want to own up to those mistakes. And so having three kids, we have some pretty funny stories. And so in uh, Tell the Truth Dragon, there is the castle cooks have uh, have baked a chocolate cake for somebody special. And Dragon, of course, loves chocolate cake. However... Oh. 
something happens to the chocolate cake where somebody's had a little taste test of it, but nobody's owning up. And so it's pretty clear who the, the who the chocolate cake uh, t- taste tester may have been. Uh, and so you might see where this is going. Uh, but that is um, a, based on a true a true story from my own house. Uh, and yeah, so that that is um, that is an upcoming story for for Dragon and it will come out in 2022. So not too long to wait. Oh, that sounds so funny. I, I haven't think... seen the artwork for that one yet. So I'm excited. I think um, as parents, I think we've all got stories like that about our kids, but I'm pretty sure our listeners all have stories like that about adults too. (laughs) So um, it'll be be a lot of fun to read. Um, So actually um, I can see Dragon and Her Adventures as an animated series for younger kids because the character is so likable and funny. Um, And now thinking about the cake taste testing um, actually gives me a whole other visual. So have you had any similar thoughts about an animated series? Could, do you think that the the dragon can make the jump to the screen? Oh my gosh. I think mostly because of how Samara has brought dragon to life. I just think dragon would look beautiful on a screen. So yes. And no, I had never thought about it until you, you said that. So <laughs> I and when you said it, I was like, oh my god, that would be amazing. That's like probably every every um, author's dream is to have their book turned into. Well, maybe not every author's dream. Not everybody loves 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 uh, uh, TV or film adaptions of books, but I I think it would be amazing. I I, I do think because there are so many people and families that love dragon stories out there I do think dragon would be really appealing and like we talked about before about why dragon makes such a good good character for these books is because you know there's that unexpected sort of fieriness to her but also the mystery of like what's going to happen next like what what is this dragon's personality, like, you know, like she feels just like us. And I, I think there could be so many different TV episodes. So <laughs> I've, and I've yeah. actually, to be honest, and I feel like Netflix is doing a really good job of this right now with their Llama Llama book, like the Llama Llama books um, have become a series, you know, I, I mean, Pinkalicious has been turned into a TV series. There's so many picture books right now getting turned into these great TV series and I think these. Um, I think the producers are doing such a good job of those. Yeah, and I think um, you know not to push too much TV, but I think there really is a need for quality characters that aren't the run-of-the-mill characters that we've kind of all come to expect. And I think Dragon would be just so great because of her multifacetedness and her ability to surprise us, but also feel so comfortable right like like she's someone that you know because she kind of is right she's kind of based on kids that 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 we know and the the things that kids do and the trouble that they get into right yeah and I feel like I feel like because she's a dragon she's she's that little bit of a separation from where where Okay, so you're when you read the dragon books, you're gonna learn a few little life lessons through throughout. And not everybody loves books that are all about teaching a lesson. But I think that with the dragon books, why it works for teaching a lesson is because it it doesn't because dragon isn't a human 
it doesn't feel preachy. At least that's my opinion, personal opinion, obviously. It I agree with it you. Yeah, it doesn't feel preachy. And it feels like a, a really safe character to explore emotions versus, you know, if it was another child. I, th- I feel like kids are smart enough that they're going to be like, oh, you know, I'm supposed to be, you know, taking a lesson because, you know, right. that's that's right. a character just like me. But through Dragon, it just makes it a little bit more fun and a little bit of a safer exploration where, you know, the kid isn't feeling accused themselves. Like, oh, why did my mom bring home this book about telling the truth? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Bianca, for joining us on this quest for growing readers. It was a pleasure to talk to you. The Growing Readers Podcast is a production of the Children's Book Review. If you like this show, remember you can hear it on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show to get new episodes as soon as they launch. To discover more amazing books for kids, just like Just Be Yourself Dragon, I hope you'll visit us at thechildrensbookreview.com. Thanks. Yay. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>